What if you knew that a recession could never get in the way of your success? How would it feel to know that technology could never replace you? What if you were the wise, certain, trusted, badass leader you always wish you could be? That's why I created The Forge for you. My clients advance their careers, crush their limits, and make impact. Because great leaders aren't born, they arise. A new cohort of The Forge is starting soon, so don't miss out. Come and discover how this exclusive training can transform you. Click the link in the show notes below to sign up for an information session. Do you think that coaches still add value? I do. But in order to be effective, there's certain qualities that they have to have, and there's certain mindsets and actions that we expect to see in them. Otherwise, they offer very little value. That's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Hello again, my friend. Pull up a chair. Thank you so much for tuning in this week and every week. Let's talk about the best kind of coaches. There's a lot of debate about whether or not an agile coach is still a valuable thing. What does a coach do? And more importantly, what does an effective, good coach do? Well, the answers can be highly variable, but I have a very specific take on what I think you should look for and what you should aim for if you yourself are a coach or becoming one. But first, let's take a moment to remember why we're here. To create an elite tribe of leaders who truly serve their clients and communities by doing what matters and what works, relentlessly chasing value and excellence like a badass. There's so many resources out there about what you need to do to be agile, but we're focused on who you need to become in order to lead teams. So let's hammer down those fundamentals to create a truly unique and powerful force in this industry. And remember, if this helps you, tell your friends. Ready to dig in? All right. A lot of people say, is a coach really different than a scrum master because aren't they really supposed to both be helping the team or teams? Aren't they supposed to both know the process with a certain level of excellence? Shouldn't they be familiar with the roles and the artifacts and the ceremonies and so on? And yes, 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 and yes. I think the difference may simply be a function of breadth of experience, length of experience, and most importantly, the intuition to know which practices will help which kind of team with which kind of characters making up their membership. I think the best kind of coach is one who not only understands where you want to go, but also where you are, whether you can see it or not. And based on that delta, what strategies are likely to work? Work universally, but more importantly, for the specific individual that you're coaching and the specific team that that person or persons are on. Are you doing that? Let's go through a list. Let's do an inventory in case it might help. First thing, coaching is hearing what the other is all about because the prescriptions that you give have to be based on the individual, the team, the context, the outcome, existing processes, and even existing beliefs, both in the singular and the aggregate. I don't think you're able to coach well if you're not listening to the information that people are giving you about themselves and how they play a role in a team, a company, a project, a product, and beyond. 
I think, therefore, you need to be fearless in your curiosity about other people. A great coach probably spends more of their time asking people questions and then shutting up and listening. But more than that, it's the depth of the question and the breadth of the questions. You should be interested not only in what they know, what they do, what's their role, what's their technical background, but don't you also want to know what they care about, why they work here, what they're passionate about, what they struggle with, where they're looking to grow and where they don't need to grow right now? If you don't know those things, at every level of the team, that includes company vision, that includes team creed, that includes past successes and past failures, known blockers, routine difficulties, and all of the other characteristics that make a team interesting, that make the company who it is, that make our customers special. Then and only then can you be fearless in sharing your ideas. I think a great coach has to be widely experienced and, more importantly, understands how to connect the threads between those experiences. It's one thing to say I work at Bank of so-and-so, and then I worked at such-and-such such a telco, and to talk about the differences in those environments, but what are the things that are always true? Until you have some kind of practice of writing down what you've learned and seen and experienced to try to find where are the dots connected? What does every team struggle with versus what was unique in the telco space? When you examine deeper to try to find those connective tissues, then you're really learning and then you have some value to offer. I think that's one of the primary differences between a scrum master and a coach, by the way, is that it's likely that a coach has had more of those experiences because they came up as a scrum master in a variety of different industries, on different employment engagements or contracts. It's one thing to have taken part in different teams in different parts of a single organization or even different departments, but it's another thing to have moved from company to company, understanding how the culture impacts productivity, understanding what kinds of attitudes towards products and customers are effective versus not effective. You can only really see that. If you have run the gamut, if you've been across the board, retail, telco, banking, government, high tech, no tech, you can't see the common threads until you've seen the differences too. And that means you need different experiences. Now, a great coach intuitively knows what experiments to try first that will have the best hope of improving results. I think that's another difference between a coach and a scrum master is that they've seen enough and dared enough and risked enough and had to lick their wounds or high-five the team when things have worked out great, that's the way you build intuition. That's the way you build that internal sense of what does the team need right here, right now. To get that intuition, you have to have not only a broad range of work experiences, but life experiences as well. The things that you learn from, let's say, a previous career, your educational experience, your family experiences. Once you've learned to connect the dots there as well, only then do you have a hope of creating an internal, innate sense of what solutions and ideas might help versus not. Here's another thing a great coach does. A great coach knows that agile may or may not be the best approach in any given situation. When we seek recipes, when we say, here's a problem, here's the solution that I have in my toolkit, there's that old saying, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So we don't want to be the kind of coach and I learned this the hard way, by the way, who is persistently preaching one solution set. Only this framework, only this process, only this ideology will work. That can almost never 
be true. There will be times when Agile is absolutely the wrong solution, or you'll need to cherry-pick the greatest hits from that belief system and that toolkit, but you'll need to supplement it with others. Which leads me to my next point, is that a great coach is not attached to any one way, and most importantly, to their own rightness. Doesn't that make sense? If the most important thing is your ego, your sense of being right, or you're only comfortable if we're doing it the way you've been taught, the way you learn, and the way you believe should work, must work, might work, we're probably in trouble. We're probably in trouble when the problem domain, or the team, or the specifics of the organization, or the individuals on the team don't fit that mold. You being so attached to the right way of doing things is no better than a legacy organization saying, this is the way we've always done things, so we reject agility or change in all of its forms. You know better or different than they are. And lastly, a great coach serves first. Remember service. Remember, you're not here to serve yourself, your ego, or your bank account. You're here to help a team learn and lead their own way to victory. There may be people out there who say, don't use the word victory because victory implies the vanquished or a loser. We don't like the sound of that. Tough. Too bad. I like making winners. I like seeing people be the ones that break the tape. It matters to me. If you've ever coached a sports team, you'll know what I'm talking about. The consolation prize, everyone gets a trophy, only feels so good for so long. Now, that brings me to my next point. There's a lot of bad air out there right now about quote-unquote life coaches. People are talking about life coaches. They're denigrating, I guess, other agile coaches who maybe only have an ICF certification or whatever it may be, or people who are interested in helping people self-actualize, grow, become their best selves. I think there's a reason for that. See, there's a saying that what we hate in others is what we fear most in ourselves. So I've seen a great many coaches that are either inexperienced or were raised up in a certain paradigm, and all of their knowledge and skill is neatly tied to those frameworks that they were raised up in, those ways of thinking. But I have a belief that you can't effectively coach people if you don't know how to identify their goals and desires, their outcomes, if you don't know how to support people through the tough changes required to get those goals and outcomes. I think that every coach has a duty to develop their intuition and their certainty as a coach that will allow you to speak truth to people, to challenge their ideals, to identify the mindsets that aren't helping them and the bad habits that they need to break. Coach needs to be able to hold people accountable and to measure their results. All of these things are hard to do, and I think every coach out there knows that. So those who despise the life coaches out there and suggest that it's not important to have those coaching skills might be throwing shade because they know deep down they don't have those skills, and maybe they never can. Here's the truth. If you can't connect, inspire, persuade, lead, and hey, sometimes you got to rock the room, then I don't think you can coach. And people always talk about the sport coach analogy. Well, a sporting coach is a master of the skill. They know the dribble. They know how to handle a stick. They know the art of the curveball. So you got to be 
a master of the skill, you have to have been there. You got to have rolled your sleeves up and done the job that I'm doing. And I think that's true. But the coaches that they write books about are the ones that elevate the character and the commitment of the team and the individuals within it, period, full stop. So I think a great coach needs to be all of these things in some measure. And I hope this inspires you to begin your path to integrating all of these qualities. My friends, you can find me as always at badassagile.com and you can reach out on Instagram and TikTok at badassagile. Don't forget to look in the show notes and join the communities. I got a lot of special added bonuses and extra interactions in there as well. You won't want to miss it. I look forward to seeing you next time. And until then, stay badass. Badass.